0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hello and welcome to Security the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. guest this week was 15 years old when he became a national treasure and tracy beaker returns as liam o'donovan since then he's been seen as declan and flatmates and even released some music away from tv as well as having a love for chicken wings and a hatred for ghosts i'm delighted to say joining me on security insecure this week it's richard risker hello richard hey 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 what's happening johnny well mate look the fans have come out for you today
2: yeah man, listen, thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure man, I'm I'm really pleased people are, are writing in and yeah man, I'm excited.
1: Well look, we're going to dissect every element of your life and I met you two years ago and I remember that time we met and I'd seen you obviously on TV growing up and I was like, you know when you just know you're going to get on with someone, that was you, you just have so much warmth about you and I just we just clicked, didn't we?
2: Yeah, we did. Um, You know what? I'm really pleased that you said that, Johnny, because that's that's exactly the person that I am. I like to make people feel warm and welcoming. And, you know, um, I'm a people's person. I'm a humanitarian. So, yeah, that means a lot.
1: Well, let's and go back with that humanitarian feeling inside you back to the beginning of the life of Richard Risker. So, talk to me about what life was like for you growing up pre-acting.
2: Pre-acting, I was quite a sporty person. I mean, I was always into sports, always playing football or um, tennis. I also boxed for a little while. So, just before I started the acting stuff, I was at an amateur boxing club and I was taking boxing pretty seriously. Talking to a few big people, had a few connections there. So, yeah, the boxing stuff was really happening for me And then I went to an open audition for an advert um, that was getting filmed in South Africa, and it was like acting and dancing um, in the audition. And it was actually a friend of mine who I was playing football with at the time because I had trials for Tottenham as well. And he said, "Why don't you just come along to an audition and just see what you think?" And I went. I didn't end up getting the part, unfortunately, but I really enjoyed myself. I thought it was a really good experience. And. I wanted to sort of take that a little bit further. So he was like, why don't you join my agency that I'm with? And then I had an audition for The Bill on ITV and got that. And that was my first sort of start up in the acting world. And I really enjoyed it. And I just kept cracking on from there, Johnny, to be honest.
1: I mean, are you really an actor if you haven't started your career in The Bill, Casualty or Holby City? Isn't that what those shows are actually for? So let's go back to Trace Beaker Returns, first of all. Obviously, the story of Trace Beaker begun in 2002. And it had a very successful four years on TV. TV, and we really saw Danny Harmer showing us what a foster home was like the show then finishes 2010 comes along five years later and they bring back Tracy Beaker Returns which you then star in so had you watched the original Tracy Beaker series to
2: be honest with you Johnny I've only ever watched little bits of that before actually being a part of the show um, I've got to be completely honest I was always growing up a person to watch i.e. like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. I'd seen bits of Tracy Beaker but I wouldn't say that it's something that I was watching every week you know so when this came about I did a little bit more research on the show and Danny Harmer herself and and stuff like that so when that came about is when I sort of started to learn more and more about the show.
1: So I grew up watching CBBC and it was such an imperative show and I didn't realize how imperative it was until much later on in life because where else were kids getting educated into what a foster home is like what a care system is like obviously in the original series you had elaine the pain the social worker i didn't really understand what that was i didn't understand what a foster parent was i didn't understand all this i knew obviously tracy didn't have a mum, and i knew that justine had a dad who had a new wife but didn't really want to be with justine and therefore she was in this home the dumping ground but it was just so into another way of living. And that's what TV does at best. And that's what CBBC was doing at best. So when you joined a show like that, how did you find that responsibility that you're telling what a story of kids in care is actually like?
2: Do you know what, Johnny? It's really really fascinating you asked that question because where I grew up in East London, I had a lot of friends that have come from really harsh backgrounds, shall I say, if that's the right word. Some people that I actually knew that, got brought up in care so i would talk to them a lot and this is them not knowing about me doing tracy beaker at that time but i would also ask about sort of how they felt growing up and what their next stages was and their their actions and how sort of sometimes they could be really charming sometimes they could be really naughty Um, and i sort of just absorbed and like a sponge as much information as i could
1: And just try to make it my own. Taking that information along, you then have an audition for the show. What was that audition like? Do you remember it?
2: I do. Um, Funny enough, uh, I actually went with my mum because my mum took me to the audition. Um, and that was um, that was at White City at the BBC at White City, and I met Sue Needleman with a casting director and Do you know what, Johnny is probably one of the highlights of my career because that 's when things really started for me, and that 's when I realized this is what I wanted to do. I would go in there and I just loved playing somebody different i mean i was always a cheeky chappy kind of guy growing up anyway in my teens but i really absorbed that and just wanted to trade that on camera you know i wanted people to see that bit of side of me because obviously acting you're always playing a character but i feel like you do bring parts of yourself to the character as well and that's what i try to do
1: and then you go to set which the house was elm house what do you remember about your time filming the show I remember
2: that it was um it was a lot of it was summertime and it was based up in Newcastle and Newcastle was like a second home to me because obviously I've done a lot of filming there I've got a lot of friends and family there so it was a really really lovely place to be filming and obviously having other people from London and stuff like that up with you like travelling on the trains from King's Cross and going up there and staying up there for months on end and the laughs and jokes that we had on set it was like it was like a new family for me you know it was it, it, we was all just a family
1: Most people remember you as being best friends on the show with frank played by christopher john slater who had cerebral palsy again telling an immersive story where you know for kids seeing not everyone is the same the responsibility he had to tell his story but also for you to act a certain way on screen as well that relationship was so powerful i remember
2: It was. um, Me and Chris are like brothers um, and we always have been. It's it's such a shame because I know he's off doing his thing now and I'm off doing my thing but but I will always have that with Chris and I know vice versa. That's one thing that I really loved about CBBC and what the BBC did well with his character and I just felt like I wanted to be a part of that as much as possible because people do find it difficult when they have cerebral palsy you know and, and, and especially in the acting world and show business and I'm so pleased that they made him one of the lead characters as well and they could sort of show that juror that anybody can do this. I think he's super important.
1: I think that's the thing especially about Tracy Beakle thinking about it now is the fact how normalised all these minority and disabilities and LGBT mm-hmm. characters were. Straight from the yeah. off in the first series you had Jenny the black leader of uh, the dumping ground, you had Elaine yeah, the right. Payne who was an Asian social worker, we had Layla. we had Frank All these characters who had disabilities and no one was shunned for doing it it was very much in the forefront and it's yet in adult tv it's never enough
2: yeah i completely agree with you johnny and i I do think they need to do more you know
1: obviously you're on screen you're on one of the biggest shows on CBC. what was life for you outside tv then what was the attention you're getting from girls what was school like for you balancing that out because You became a chartered star.
2: I got a lot of attention, to be honest, Johnny, but I really didn't like school. I I really didn't enjoy school at all because it was quite difficult at times. Obviously, when I was doing the filming stuff, I'd be away from school for long, long periods of time. So everybody loves you. You're everybody's favourite. Like, you're the most popular kid in school. And then you go back after taking such a big break out of the score. It's like, where's Rich been? Oh, he's been doing this. And people connect with different friendship groups and stuff like that. So at times, I was at a very, very high. But then also at times, I was at a very, very low because people just see me differently, you know. I was still hanging out with my school friends but I definitely think it was it was playing on my mental health a lot growing up because I was growing and I was changing and different things were happening and it was very hard because you can't sort of bring everybody with you you know and something different was happening for me which I do feel very lucky and, and honored to be doing but it was very very difficult at times Johnny I must admit and and I did used to isolate a lot there was times at my lowest points where I would I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to anybody I would just sort of do my own thing at the start it was so different because not in a big-headed way, but being the most, one of the most popular kids in school, and then things, like I said, changing, it was really, really big highs and really, really big lows at the same time, so it was definitely something that was playing on my mental health.
1: What was the lowest you got to, Richard?
2: Tough question. Um I think the, the isolation period was, was quite um intense, you know, because um, obviously we'd have tutors and stuff on set, and then I would go off, I'd have, like, breaks, and then I'd come back and do extensive filming again, so I think when when we was filming, I made the other actors and the people there, and the cast and the crew. They they was sort of like a new family to me. You know what I mean? It was it was a new journey, but it definitely definitely got low.
1: When you are in that position, and you know the TV world is your friend, and when you're in that element of your zone of, um, you know, this is me now. This is this is what my purpose is. Did you manage to distinguish the difference between just being an actor and being Richard Wiskard, the family boy at home again?
2: Yeah, um, I've always been a humble person. I always knew that this is something that, obviously, like I said, once I started, I knew I wanted to do. But at times, there was a difficulty thinking, like, I want to do this because I know this is my purpose. But at the same time, I do just want to go and play football with my friends, you know? Um, but every time I would do that or I would mix a different group of people, everybody would see me as Richard from TV. Richard, the actor, Richard, the celebrity, not, oh, this is just Richard from around the corner, you know?
1: And this is in kids TV. So Tracy Beaker, fi- uh, Friday Download, which she used to be a presenter of. What, how did you stay grounded and not go off the tracks? Because I could imagine you're very much in a zone. You're in kids TV you're having to keep this really friendly image, but obviously behind the scenes, you're growing and you want to start exploring girls, life, what you, who you really are. What kept you grounded?
2: I think that I never ever took the celebrity stuff or acting or presenting, whatever you want to call it as, as I always see it as a job. I never see it as I'm better than anybody else. I was always Richard Whisker. I was always that person who was kicking around a football with his friends and doing the boxing, like even till now. I'm always that person, and it was challenging because people always see me as celebrity or person on TV, you know. And I always would talk to my f- close friends and family that just knew me beforehand. Before all that, they would always see me as as Richard, no matter what.
1: But you haven't followed necessarily that celebrity footpath, you know. If you think about your peers like Krim Zuruel, who was on CBBC, and Tiger Drew Honey, who started as a child to start on Outnumbered. Both of them went to Slaps Go Dating. Obviously, Krim went on to Strictly. And they really went through those celebrity reality shows, which you haven't. Have you ever been approached to do them before?
2: I have, yeah. There's been times where offers have have been there and and things have been happening. I just think I always feel where I'm at in a certain place in my life and at that time and whether that is right for me. I wouldn't say never, but I also want to do other things, i.e. music, um, film. Um, stuff like that so i always view the options whatever's there but i always do what i feel is right in my heart
1: well obviously talking about your career you've been in the industry now for 11 years how do you find where you are in terms of obviously you wanted to be doing more films you wanted to be more music you've got obviously the tv presenting to an extent and the acting on television behind you already where are you in your career at the moment
2: I feel like I wanna I wanna merge the two together, um, the music stuff and the acting stuff. Because everyone sees me as um as an actor, which they obviously have grown up watching me be an actor, but there's also other strings to my bow, i.e. the music stuff. And I wanna show people that I'm not just an actor, I I also dance and I also sing. Um, so I wanna start exploring that a little bit more. But I've wanted to get to a a nice mature age to be able to do that all the fans have always wanted more music and stuff but I've always took things very very slow because I want to do things right you know and I want the people that have stuck by me from day one and been fans of me from day one to to see a new side of me and a grown-up side of me and something different
1: you know. Do you think that's done detriment to you though starting out so young so obviously you've been in the industry for 11 years but because you started so young you're almost playing catch-up whereas if we look at stars who come out of love island and they're given someone like amber davis who always wanted to be on in the theater she was suddenly in nine-to-five straight after love island and uh kem and chris obviously had their tv show straight after love island and they've been propelled into this industry they're big influencers just because they were on tv for 12 weeks yet you have been in the industry for 11 years and you're still working towards that mature goal that you've set yourself
2: do you know what jenny it's very very interesting you said that because I I respect anybody that's doing their thing, you know, and and I always support anybody doing their thing. But also at the same time, the other side of the coin is, like you said, people that are doing these shows for 12 weeks and and get these opportunities and, and, and get paid stupid money to do stupid things, whatever... Um, I think the reality stuff has definitely taken away from people that have been doing it for many, many years. You mentioned myself and Tiger Drew Honey and people like that. People like us have been doing it for a very, very long time. So sometimes it can be disheartening, like what is actually going on in the world. And I know social media has been a big part of that as well. And that's why you sort of have to be a part of social media. I'm quite a private person myself and I do love interacting with my fans, which is why I do that. But yeah, I do think that's a very fair fair point. Like 12 weeks, these people are then going on and doing these big realities.
1: But for them, they've got to keep up with the drones and show they, they're they getting to the most expensive restaurants, they've got the most expensive clothes and the most expensive... expensive- accessories for someone like yourself who started off in kids tv where that wasn't a thing and being an influencer to you is more you've got people following you for your talent or for where do you sit on that keeping up of the jones spectrum of using social media for that
2: i've got to admit johnny i really love nice things like i love to dress very well i love designer brands i'm big on fashion at the same time going back to richard whisker before the acting stuff like I know people that have come from a very, very not so privileged background. So I also try and ground myself and go, not everybody can go and buy a £2,000 jumper. Sometimes you can just make do with what you've got. Or you can go to different places and cheaper places and get stuff that can work. I remember on kids TV, we could never wear designer stuff. So for me, I would always pick stuff and mix and match and and go to the stylist and say oh cool like i really like this can i put this pair of jeans with this pair of trainers you know and and sort of make do with with what you've got
1: well that's the thing and i mean if you've got a two thousand pound jumper i'd uh love to borrow it one day please <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. come on and welcome johnny all yours bro
1: so You've established thus far, really, that you're just a very nice, down-to-earth guy that doesn't want the celebrity profile, doesn't want the attention, doesn't want to be seen something as they're not. Do you sometimes get sidetracked by that, or uh, the portrayals that other people give you, or do you think everyone sees you as that?
2: I think I think the sidetrack for myself is that I I do want to push myself to be the greatest I can be. I do want to be one of the biggest entertainers in the world i would love that 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 is a big passion of mine but also at the same time is be very very humble about it you know you see these big celebrities like i don't know for example um, kim kardashian or whatever and they do have a certain persona that goes with them but for me i would love to be an international star worldwide but also just be that normal guy that you can just come and talk to and chat with
1: I think that's the thing. With Kim Kardashian, she's got that aura around her, and obviously her ego is fed because she's got so many people just naturally around her, like security, etc., and publicists. And I think it's that thing that you're right. You don't have the aura, and I think a lot of people don't. And I think you've either got it or you don't. And it might be based on looks. It might be based on your legacy, starting from school, that you always felt that you had that presence. But I don't think you can make that aura. I think you're either born with it or you're not.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I, and like I said, I do feel parts of me do have it. But I also keep my brain in check as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know that I could have paparazzi. I know I could have teams and teams of people um, that tell me I'm the greatest and whatever. But I'm, I still know that my friends and my close family would always be like, you're rich from back in the day, you know, and always <laughs> see me as that person.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent, my friend. Now... Before we get to your fans' questions, I want to talk about Flatmates, because obviously you made that jump between kids' TV and effectively Flatmates is more like student TV. It's on BBC Three, it's on the iPlayer, and season one is up there now. How did you find that shift? Did you, Was it like putting a pair of old shoes on, or did you feel like you'd matured in yourself in your delivery of lines, and your delivery of how you were coming across as an actor?
2: Uh, I think a little bit of both, to be honest. I feel like it was going it was it reminded me of the days of wet starting out but also it was a chance to reach more of a older fan base, you know and when a show came about and they first told me about the show i was so excited because i thought this could be something very special i don't think there's anything like that for kids and teenagers nowadays on tv especially british and and the bbc i just feel like this is a really really cool space like I've always been a fan of friends and I always see flatmates as like a british sort of version of the friends flatmates living in a flat together getting up to mischief and and love here love there and it's all going a bit crazy and I just really really enjoy being a part of it to be honest and I was so happy when they said about a season 2 which is what I wanted to tell you about Johnny so season 2 Hold on, is this an up exclusive with, yeah, exclusive. the so season two will be coming out very, very soon. And all the fans, like, it's been crazy. Like, the fans love it. And the feedback's been amazing on social media as well. And they're just like, when's another series coming? When's another series? So I've been so quiet about it up until now. But now I can give you an exclusive that very, very soon on BBC iPlayer, you will be seeing a season two.
1: And what can you tell us about the next series? So we finished off with New Year's Resolutions and it was New Year, but that was obviously back in 2019. What's going on yeah. now?
2: Wow. So it, it's changing. Lots of stuff is changing. Lots of surprises uh, are in store. Um, but I'm not going to tell you where we left off. So obviously we left on a cliffhanger on season one, but I think season two is just taking it to the next level. And honestly, i I really enjoyed filming this series. Um, I just think the scripts are great and the characters are going in a really really good direction. And I can't wait for everybody to sit down and watch it.
1: And are we going to see the return of Lauren, Craig, Yasmin, Erin, Russ, Sharon?
2: Like, said, things are changing. Things are changing, but for a good for a good cause. So I think um, everyone's going to be happy and surprised in, in what's going to go down this
1: series. Amazing, amazing. Now let's get some of your fans' questions in. Emily yeah, Morton obviously. wants to know who your favourite person ever is to work with.
2: Favourite ever person to work. With? I really enjoyed working with Kay Purcell. I posted something recently because she actually passed away recently. So sad. And she was Um, Gina
1: on the show, wasn't she?
2: She was Gina on the show. And she was like one of the best people in my life. She made me laugh every single day being on that set. And to to be honest, like the long hours and the long time filming, she just made it a blast, man. And I was just so um, excited to work with her and, and really connect with her and, and become close. And like I said, so gutting to hear, hear the news recently. She's really, really cool. She's one one person I had a lot of laughs with. I mean, I've met a lot of famous people in my time, and it's not even about how big people are or anything like that. It's the people that are really warm and welcoming and make me smile. And she was definitely one of those.
1: And she was one of those. Though. It didn't matter what she actually, you know, she was Candy Smiley in Waterloo Road in the latest series. She was an Emmerdale Cynthia Daggett in the early noughties she always had that persona of just being just a really genuine nice person it wasn't like she was actually acting
2: yeah yeah and and, and same I, I took parts of that where um, obviously she was on screen a lot but then knowing her as a person she was just a normal down-to-earth person like so cool um, so I took and learnt a lot
1: from that okay Bella Stella says you've met Taylor Swift have you
2: yeah
1: uh, sorry what
2: yeah 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 taylor's really cool um we was uh, at the radio one teen award i was presenting an award with the friday download team and i think it was union j as well at the time and i met taylor backstage and she was like not speaking to anybody like she had security around and, and stuff like that and uh, i just said to her i'll oh, tell Taylor, like, i'm a really big fan like i love your music and she was like cool and just started chatting to me on the norms and we got a picture and yeah i'll never forget that day what uh what a lovely girl she's cool
1: well hold on you can't just leave it there what else did you talk about
2: well it was very brief to be honest i just said that i was a big fan of her music and she was like oh what are you doing here and i told her obviously the show that we was doing friday download at the time and she was like oh cool and told her about the music artist that we had on and i think at some point she was saying about maybe doing either an interview or a performance on the show because um, i think we'd just done an interview with justin bieber at the time so i know them two was very close and working together i think i was back in like 2012 or 2013 i can't remember the day off the top of my head but yeah man she's a, she's a really lovely girl she's really
1: cool Summer says have you found lockdown has it opened up any new opportunities for you I suppose as an actor a jobbing actor you know in the first lockdown everything just shut and you couldn't act and therefore as a jobbing actor you're having to find those new roles and shows must have been cancelled that you were booked for
2: yeah, um, actually, there was a few like little projects that was going on. And I also wanted to give back and go into schools and, and help people get ready for like auditions and stuff like that. Was some stuff that I've been planning and um, obviously not even be able to audition or anything like that all done by self tape. Um, and job roles were just going down and down and down. I think that like, was one day there was like two jobs for the whole of England. Um, so I know a lot of my actor friends and me and myself as well. Um, I'd struggled during lockdown, you know, in terms of work, because the whole industry went down and even the music staff and everything just went to a complete stop. So it was something new because um, not only is it a global pandemic, but I also got to just take some time out for myself.
1: But you are a freelancer as an actor, so how financially did you manage that? Because that must have been a big dent in the bank balance.
2: It was a big dent in the bank balance. But for me, I just feel like... um, I just I just took it a little bit easy, you know. I, I love to eat out. I love, like, nice restaurants. I love takeaways. Um, I literally do takeaways and eat out, like, every night. So I just had to sort of slow down on that a little bit.
1: Okay, next question is from Alia Spam. Says, would you ever go to EastEnders as Liam Butcher? I mean, Tiffany might be leaving soon, Maisie Smith. But could you see yourself going to EastEnders? Have you ever had those conversations before?
2: I have had them conversations
1: early on. Um, Do you know who that was to play?
2: It was actually, um, um, what's his name? Um, the guy, who's from, I think he's from Waterloo. Who's in and out. It, it was Ben Mitchell, but I can't remember his real name. Max Bowden. Max Bowden, yeah. So I was going to be going up for that. But I just didn't feel that it was right for me at that point in time because obviously I was doing flatmates flatmates obviously early conversations were happening um and i really like i said enjoyed the concepts and where they were sort of going with it but yeah i would never say no to senders. i would love to be a part of it and you know what johnny to be honest i feel like that is something that i would love to do in my career whether it was long term or short term because i'm actually from east london so it actually makes perfect sense so i don't understand why um why that hasn't happened just yet, but I'd love to get a really cool character to play EastEnders because I feel like that would be my comfort zone. I think that would come really easy to me.
1: Where did you get to in the auditions for that? Because he was the sick Ben Mitchell, and being part of the Mitchell family, you know that if you're related to Phil Mitchell, you're going to be getting a lot of screen time. So although Flatmates was great and a great setup, it was on the iPlayer. EastEnders would have just made you into that household name completely.
2: Yeah, it was that. That's the thing. It was early conversations with flatmates, so we hadn't even filmed the first series. I'd worked with these guys before, and I felt like that was the right thing to do in terms of that was something they wanted me to be a part of, instead of having to go down that audition process. But yeah, I just didn't think that it was the right role for me when I looked at the breakdown. The breakdown was was. It just wasn't right, you know, it just didn't feel right at the time and obviously having them early conversations with flatmates and stuff, I just felt like, yeah, this this is something that I want to be a part of right now. Um, but like I said, I think EastEnders later down the line or even even sooner, I do, I do think that there should be a really cool role that comes up and I hope it does because I'd love to be, I'd love to be a part of the show.
1: Well, mate, look, there's a Nando's right outside. I live near that Nando's. We can be going to that Nando's all the time. talk to them. Talk to them. (laughs) So would you, but in hindsight now, do you think you could have portrayed Ben Mitchell as Max has done? You know, Max has had that new version of Ben, which is being in a same-sex relationship rather than being a bit of a criminal. Do you reckon you could have pulled that off yourself? And would that have challenged you like that?
2: To be honest, it definitely would have been challenging. I definitely feel like I could have pulled it off. But do you know what? I I don't really watch Soaps. I do watch EastEnders. I think that's the only one that I do watch. And I just think Max is absolutely brilliant, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think he's done a brilliant job. I've watched him from start to to now. And I just think he's great. I think he's absolutely great. Um, So do you know what? I think everything is meant to be. Um, And I definitely feel like he's doing a great job on EastEnders at the moment.
1: He definitely is. Another question is coming from William underscore Bowles private fourteen. I don't really know what that means. Uh, He says, "What was it like to work with John Bell on Tracy Beaker?" And obviously, those who remember, John Bell played Toby.
2: Yeah, John Bell was cool. He's a a cool little dude. Um, He's he's very talented actor. I know he went on to do a few um, big movies. I think he was doing Hobbit. He
1: was in Trainspotting too.
2: So I think it was the Hot Hobbit that was. that was towards maybe like the midway through or towards the end of the Tracy Beaker return days because i remember him talking to me about that and saying that obviously this big auditions come through and um I-, I haven't kept in contact with john but i'm so pleased that he was a part of that and he's um he's a super super talented kid i haven't seen him for many years but yeah he's cool
1: good stuff good stuff next one is the next go for Evie Hobbs says, Who in the Tracy Beaker Returns cast are you still in contact with?
2: I still speak to Danny. Um, always kept in contact with her. She's she's someone that um again I really connected with, not just because of the Tracy Beaker stuff and, and stuff I like, like I really um I know I went on to do Danny's castle and stuff afterwards, but we just really connected. We always have. Um and she she also um she was the one who let me know about Kay's passing and she always wishes me a happy birthday and I know I think she's like a couple of weeks after me I always wish her happy birthday so we always keep in contact and I said to her once once lockdown's over and, and things start to get a bit better let's definitely catch up.
1: Another question coming from Cara Carter have you ever dated a coworker, and did that affect your relationship with them on set and I suppose if you have done how did it affect everyone else when you were young Um, to
2: be honest i've always um sort of dated outside the industry i mean i've always um i've always sort of kept my head there because i think it's hard to sort of date someone who does the same job as you as well because you are away for long long periods of time um there is two ways of looking at i mean obviously i've spoken to girls that i've worked with i wouldn't say like trace speaker days or anything like that just little projects here and there um but i do I do find it hard to have that balance because if you're with an actress, they know the game. They know how it works. They know that you're going to be away for long periods of time and you have to do kissing scenes and stuff like that, all that sort of stuff. And then also, I like that grounded part of people that knowing me for me and and back in my school days and stuff like that as well. So again, it's finding that balance.
1: Richard Risker there he's amazing isn't he thank you so much for sending in your questions some fantastic questions that we put to him from you and also thank you for listening I have loved him since Liam on Tracy Beaker returns he was brilliant as Declan in flatmates obviously looking forward to that coming back in in the next couple of months and he's just a really really nice guy I've been fortunate to meet him a couple of times now and he just is genuine and there's not that many people I can say that about. You've been listening to Johnny for on Security and Security. If you've liked what you heard and you're a massive fan of Richard, then I want to know. This is what you have to do. If you're a first-time listener because you've listened to Richard, this is now what happens. You go onto Apple iTunes if you've listened to it on Apple iTunes. If you've been listening to it on Spotify, go back to iTunes for two seconds. Type in Security and Security. go down. There's a review section. Leave five stars and leave a little review. Just tell me how much you loved Richard. That's all you have to do. But basically, it helps me put it up in the podcast chart so that I can say it's okay to not be okay. And also, I'm on Instagram at Johnny Seifer at secure the insecure Podcast. If you have listened to this week's episode, please do send a little screenshot to me and Richard. Tag us both in it and we will share it on our social media pages at Johnny Seifer at secure the insecure Podcast. And that's it for this week. Every week I'm on my a very different celebrity guest. There's plenty more in the back catalogue for you to listen back to. There's more coming up every single Friday. So if you're a first time listener, click subscribe and then download it every Friday. I've been Johnny Sefer. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. <coughs>